Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to a Thursday edition of the JP Peterson Show. Coming to you live from our RHS studios over here in St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm your host today, Nick Geddes. Will not be alone. JP is at Buccaneers camp. Hasn't had a chance to make it out there, obviously, because they, they start training. They start camp during our show. Uh, but he made it out there today, and he's supposed to join us here in uh, within the first 30 minutes to give us a little bit of a live report of what's going on out there in minicamp and, and dive into what's taking place out there, some of the comments yesterday from Levante David, which were really interesting, and uh, Todd Bowles as well. So uh, we, look to, we look forward to talking to JP there, and then he's going to skirt out a little bit then there to, to watch the rest of training camp, and then he'll come back on around 11.30 to wrap it up for us as well. So that will be good. Uh, we also got the Rays, who last night finally solved the Oakland A's. The winning streak is over. Seven-game winning streak for the MLB worst ML, uh, Oakland A's is finally over at the hands of the Rays. The bats got going last night, 13 hits, Glasnow on the mound. The bullpen shut it down, so we will get into that as well. Uh, but without further ado, I see he's popped in the screen here. He looks good. Let's get him in here. JP. <laughs> I know we didn't, get, yeah, we didn't get a chance to test, but we got you here. We got you. Cool. It's uh, it's a little steamy out here today, but uh, got a little overcast layer. Not too bad. Um, everybody's out here, including Devin White, who was joking around with his teammates with Mike Evans. Good to see. Um, yeah, obviously uh, Levante David had some things to say yesterday about uh, Devin White's situation, and you know, I, I think what we learned from that, those those comments, and I'm sure you'll play some of them later on, is that. I don't think, obviously, Levante does not necessarily agree with how Devin is, is handling his business. Guys aren't going to say that directly, but by, by saying the emotions got the best of him, um, you know, he, he just, I think he's acknowledging that this is probably not the most professional way to handle it, and, and certainly not the most effective way to handle it. But and Devin's out here again in his, in his sweats <laughs> with, the hoodie, with the hoodie on, the black hoodie on, I mean, He's, if you, he can, I think you can get in shape just doing that, standing out here in a black hoodie. But uh, he's not working. He's not doing anything. The team just got called up together. I'm told this is going to be a quick practice. Um, so they may not be out here the entire time. And I can't really give play-by-play. So we'll talk about a lot about what happened yesterday and you know what's, what, what's going on here today just in generic terms. They've got – they just called everybody uh, up a level. I think they're going to be doing some stuff. They did some special teams work so far, but nothing – you know, nothing really big. But I, I will say this, just watching with, with your own eyes out here, um, Baker Mayfield, you know, he, he was running over to do some drills. And as a savvy veteran that he is, he stopped and chatted with Jason Light for just a moment. You know, they had a, had a quick little chuckle and a quick little laugh. Um, you know, he's, he's really endeared himself to everybody since he's gotten here. As we mentioned yesterday, he's been to every charity event that his, his teammates have thrown. We chatted with him at the Mike Evans event a um, couple uh, nights ago. And he's just, you can just tell that he's kind of taken over this team. I'm not saying he's got the, the starting quarterback job locked up, 
but you could tell he definitely has um, definitely has the attention and has been folded into the team, so to speak. He's doing a great job. I was going to say, can we? Do we have an insight report from you? Did they complete passes today? How did the quarterback the quarterbacks look throwing the ball? Is there anything you've been able to glean from there, seeing them? Yes, um, during the drop back portion of practice, where they they practice their drop backs and throw ten yard passes, Baker Mayfield was ten for ten. Kyle Trask was ten for ten, nice. and then uh, Wolford, um, the little guy intern that was catching the passes, dropped it. So I'm not going to put that on him, but just. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing play-by-play, play, but, yeah, the little kid dropped the ball. So he's not a player, though, folks. We're, we're just kidding. <laughs> the little kid. <laughs> no, the little kid. <laughs> from this stuff, right? And um, most of this is just getting on the same page mentally. But yesterday, I mean, they're playing football, so you're keeping track, right? They're out here practicing against each other. Uh, Kyle Trask got the starter reps yesterday and did really, really well. Um, threw a, a three touchdown passes in the, uh, in the red zone area. Uh, didn't have any interceptions like he did the, uh, the day before. So much better from Kyle Trask. Baker Mayfield did not have any uh, turnovers. Um, I just, I'm just i watching some. They're doing some 11-11 right now, and um, I can't do play-by-play. Play, but let me just say, uh, Devin Tompkins, you know I love Devin Tompkins. And he, uh, he just, you know, he continues to impress me with everything that he does. And I think the coach, and he's fighting for a roster spot. Don't don't get it twisted. He's fighting for a roster spot. But um, when this practice is over, I'll be able to explain, you know, some of the things that we saw here today <laughs> because I legally can't do it right now. But I like Devin Tompkins. I love his speed, his returnability. Um, but he's, I mean, let's just be honest with you. There's, there's one, one receiver spot open, maybe two, if they carry an extra. And he's going to be complete, uh, competing with Trey Palmer, um, and another, a couple other guys. So it's going to be tight, but that's what you want. You want good competition. Because I think, you know, I think Devin Tompkins can play in this league. I really do believe that. Um, I'm not saying he's a number one receiver or a future superstar, but he's a guy that can give you, you know, 30, 40 catches, 500 yards, and maybe three or four touchdowns in a season. And that's, you know, that's valuable stuff from a from a, a guy that's not a one, two, or you know, could be a three. But he's, he's, he's a hell of a player. Uh, I, I love his size. I love his heart. I love his moxie. I will say, I mean, I hate to compare him to, to Jalen Darden, but I kind of feel like they have kind of the same profile just as a receiver a little bit. And so I've, seen, I've been a lot more impressed with Devin Compkins than I ever saw out of Jalen Darden. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. And if he's yeah. going to be in the mix for the return duties, I think we're both kind of just looking, just catch the ball. Please catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and let's show some, some like, you know, Right to the sideline. Yeah, and remember, you know, didn't he get a cameo last year, kind of returning punts and stuff? And, yeah. and it looked like he he was able he took on contact and would go towards the middle of the field. And I because I think that's I think that's honestly his way of making this roster. I really do. Oh, absolutely. And he knows it. And he knows it. And he, you know, he I'm sure he heard the whispers like everybody else about Jalen Darden running for the sideline. And you know, we got a year and a half of that until the organization said, okay, we're done with that. Um, once again, way too slow for my my tastes. But you invest the draft pick. You want to see what a guy can do. See if you, see if the light's going to come on. It just never did for Jalen. Um, but you know, Devin's a completely different animal. You know, he he doesn't mind the contact, even though he's five seven, one sixty five. Uh, but he can jump out of the gym, and he can he, he plays so much bigger than his stature, and he knows how to get open. And he, uh, I, I just I love what he brings to the table. Now again, he's not he's not getting thirty targets or uh, you know, ten targets a game, but He's, he's a guy that can help you in a lot of different ways with his speed. Because remember, this is a team 
that is not the fastest team in the world, right? They they covet they need some more playmakers, especially in this offense. Now, when you talk about crossing routes and option routes, Devin Tompkins is a guy. I if I were a corner, if I were Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean, I wouldn't want to have to cover that guy. He's just too quick out of the break, and he creates separation. And if he could, you get him the ball on the run, he's a big play waiting to happen. So, well, we'll see. But again, you know, he may not make this team. We'll see. Yeah, and, and Richie even chimed in here, and this is what I was going to bring up. Uh, he, he said if Russell Gage can't get on the field consistently, there might be a hard decision made there, and that could open four for Devin. I, I think Russell Gage's spot on the 53 is, is safe, obviously. I mean, he's still the third. He's still the third best receiver on the team. I don't think anybody's going to yeah. debate you there, but you know, availability is a big thing, and he wasn't available yeah. last year, and this is two years in a row now where he's missing crucial time in a new offense for him. Last year, he wasn't yeah. able to get up to speed, I don't think, with the injuries. And now this year, with all the creativity and the unpredictability and all of the new age, modern football that we're going to see in this offense, potentially, I think it's a it's not great at all that, that he's not out there. He's not out there again today, right? No. Well, he's out here, but he's not practicing. <laughs> right. He's not practicing. He was, uh, in fact, he went in, came out here, ran a little bit, and I think went, uh, went in with Shaq Barrett. So I'm going with Shaq Barrett. So they're both probably going in to get treatment and rehab. You know, Shaq's out here. Um, you know, he he had the hoodie on as well, but I think he's you know he, obviously he's still working his way back from an Achilles, and you know that that was an injury that happened mid-season. So, um, yeah, it's I, I hope Shaq can get back. I mean, we're but we everybody hopes Shaq can get back and be productive this year for a lot of different reasons, right? And um, yeah, so it, it was just good to see him back out here, and I think he'll he'll be ready for training camp, be ready to go. And hopefully be able to, you know, imagine getting a, uh, a guy, an edge rusher like that back. That's like drafting a, you know, a number one edge rusher to get him back. And the Bucks desperately need to have him back because they've got to put more pressure on the quarterbacks. And think of the quarterbacks are going to play this year, right? A lot of young quarterbacks, talented quarterbacks, mobile, mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, they're going to need guys like Jack Barrett to pressure these guys into mistakes because that's what young quarterbacks do, right? They You pressure them into mistakes. And I think that's... You know, you look at the draft and what they did in the draft with uh, Ramirez, Diaby, and even Cansey, right? Uh, Kalijah Cansey, they're counting on him to be a big part of their pass rush and free guys up, and I think he will. If he can, you know, play the way we think he can play with that get-off, then, you know, that's gonna that's really going to help your pass rush. And he's he's assimilating well. You can see how his get-off is, is special. I mean, he's special. He gets off the ball really quick. Now, they're not in pads right now, so he can't, you know, apply his leverage moves and some of the physicality that he brings to the game so you will you don't get a real good feel and you know these coaches don't want you know guys going full force up front either you know stay on your feet yeah, that's we, how we, Ryan, I, I hurt last year, i was right? just gonna point that out with logan hall last year kind of going was it logan hall right last year yeah 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 and i think even levante in his comments yesterday he didn't kind of mention that about the rookies they come in and like they're running around like their hair is on fire and you know, sometimes yeah. you got to learn to control it a little bit. And so we don't need any. We definitely don't need any more injuries at the beginning of camp. We don't need to ruin any chances that we have early on. Uh, but I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned Yaya there. Uh, have you gotten a chance to see your boy Servassier? How are these rookies looking out there? Is he is he fit the bill of everything we've been hearing? Yeah, um, as I know, I can't really do the play by play. I'm watching out here right now. He's not. Uh, yeah, actually, I believe he is on the field out there, but. Um, yeah, all the, it's funny with the rookies because 
they want to come in and impress, right? They want to, you know, their their job is on the line every practice they come out of, even though this isn't training camp and even though it's not pads. You know, they know that they are under the microscope and everything they do, every rep they take, the coaches are watching, every rep is taped, right? And and they go over it in practice and in meetings. So every rep you take is 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 part of your resume, right? It's part of um, your 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 resume if you're going to make this club. So yeah, they want to go 110. percent But you know the, the vets are like, okay, Rook, um, <laughs> you know I got I got knees here to protect, right? I, I got I got my career to protect. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a delicate dance between you know the the rookies and the and the veterans as to how hard you can go, what the practice speed is. And, you know, when one guy's going full force and the other guy's kind of not, you know, you know, guys can get embarrassed, right? So you don't want to embarrass any of the veterans either. So it's a very it's a very delicate dance you have to do with these OTAs when you don't have full pads on and uh, just to make sure nobody gets injured. Because, yeah, the Ryan Jensen thing is exhibit A on how, you know, the season can really go south just in one moment of a practice rep, right? And, um, you know, that's football. That's football. But you got to be careful. Yep. So as long so while we got you here, as long as you're okay with it, if you don't mind, I feel like we could play the Levante audio from yesterday. Sure. We can get a little bit into the Devin White. You started with it a little bit, but we can expound. Uh, I had uh, Levante's comments cut up here from yesterday. So okay, yeah. let's, let's listen to that real quick, and then we could both kind of react there with each other. Yeah, I mean, it's just emotions got the best of them. You know, uh, I know Devin wants to be here. He wants to play here. So uh, his emotions got the best of him, and uh, he's here. You know, he's here, ready to work. Uh, he's not ready to go right now, but uh, he'll be getting himself ready for training camp. And, um, you know, me, you know, I talked to him throughout the whole process. You know, whatever that stuff was going on with him, you know, I, I know the type of person Devin is. So uh, I know uh, he's ready to get back out there and, uh, you know, play football and uh, be able to help us win. All right, so that was – the first part of Levante there, and then he kind of continued to go on, and it said, you know, he's a leader, he's a captain of this team. He, he said the word captain, if you recall. So <laughs> we had that discussion yesterday. Is he good? Is he still going to be a captain? And Levante kind of pointed it out there. Go ahead and play it. You got that audio queued up. Go ahead and play that because I think I'd rather hear it from Levante, and then we can respond to it. Yeah, let me let me keep rolling here because I think it I think he uh, he gets to it here. Hold on, one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, man, don't let your emotions get the best of you. You know, sometimes that can, uh, you know, uh, you know, backfire against you. People could use that against you. You know, everybody know you're not that type of person. No, you're a very passionate person, not a very emotional person. So, you know, uh, show your passion. You know, just show that you you love the game. You want to be here for the for for the city of Tampa, for the organization of Tampa, and uh, you love playing football with your teammates. You know, he's a captain. He's a leader. A lot of guys look up to him. You know, as a young football player when he came in this game. You know, um, at the fifth overall pick, he made an immediate impact for us. So uh, we definitely need him out there, and uh, he knows that. And um, you know, uh, Devin, you know, he's growing into his leader himself. You know, and uh, for me to be here and watch him grow and uh, watch him, you know, improve year to year is, is definitely uh, great to see. Well, that's interesting what Levante said, right? Um, pretty much what we've been saying, <laughs> word for word, right? And, and so you can tell that, that, you know, the players on this team, they love Devin. They love Devin as a teammate. 
they want him to be out here. They know how good he can be. But they also are like, dude, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Um, yeah, the emotions got the best of them. And listen, when you, you have a career goal of you know, being that $100 million guy, and you're so close to it. Um, and you also, you got to remember, there's there's people in Devin's ear, right? The agents are in his ear. Um, you know, it's probably family members that are in his ear, buddies that are in his ear. Like, you're the man. You're the man. You, you deserve this money. Don't let them treat you like this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And, you know, you're young. You can get caught up in all that stuff. But when you hear the elder statesman, right, when you hear Levante, who he looks up to like, like an older brother, right, and say all the things that we're saying and that everybody is saying, you know that, you know, it's, it's, I, I think Devin's smart enough to, to, to let that sink in and know that's where his head needs to be at. So look, what's best for the Bucks is, if, you know, if they could, if they could trade him and Servasia Dennis, you know, becomes that guy. Great. But that's a lot of ifs, right? You know, what are you going to get for him at this point? Um, I think he's hurt his trade value tremendously by what he's done over this uh, over this off season. I don't think it's a great idea. All these things that he's done. Um, oh, it looks like it might be ending practice right now. It might be ending practice right now. That was quick. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just that is you could tell that Levante is not okay with what's gone on. But you know. If Devin can show up at training camp, be in shape, be ready. I mean, it's still six weeks away. He's got plenty of time to get ready. Um, uh, it, it would be nice if he was out here today and, and doing everything with these guys, but it's not critical for a guy that's been in the system as long as he has. So get in shape, get your butt in here, and let's get let's get it going. Yeah. Uh, All right. Like, looks like practice is wrapping up, so Todd Bowles will be coming over here in just a little minute. So, um why don't uh, why don't we take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back and we'll we'll see if we can get Todd Balls live here. Sounds good. Let's take a little break here. All right, we'll be back here in about three minutes. Hopefully, we can get Todd Balls. So nice of JP to join us here live from Bucks Mandatory Minicamp. So back in three. Stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? 
Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here on a Thursday. J.P. out at Bucks Mandatory Minicamp, which has just, racked, has just uh, wrapped up day three, about an hour practice, which is typically how this goes. Usually the last practice is a little bit lighter. Uh, but Todd Bowles is speaking right now at the podium. So let me go live here uh, to the Bucks, who I think Bowles has just entered the podium. So let's jump in here live and see what the coach has to say today. Morning. I was short and sweet. We cleaned up some things in the red zone that we needed to work on, and I thought we got better. If you look at this week as a whole, just what's your overall thoughts on, on how the guys competed, communicated, and everything else that you wanted to see? It's more of a mental thing. It's just an extension of OTAs, really, with more meetings. So nothing's changed from that standpoint, but the learning process. We tried to uh, finalize a few things that we needed to clean up, and I thought we got that done. We got a good amount of the concepts installed, you know, as far as the mixing and matching and things we have to do. We'll get that done in training camp. It's kind of hard without pads to really get the running game instilled, but we got the concepts done, so we were happy about that. In, in watching because you can't really get the full idea here with them in shorts and shirts. 
I think it's all of them. It's a physical game up front, whether it's offense or defense. You want to see how they play in pads. Like you said, we don't award nobody in shorts and T-shirts, so all of them have to show out once we get in pads. Well, I have to see all of them first to see what kind they were. But, you know, you try to get the ball out of his hands and try to make sure he's making the right read. And if the guy's covered, try to throw it out of bounds. You're a quarterback. You're going to take some chances, and you're going to have some turnovers. Uh, we just try to limit them as much as we can. They work hard, you know, they work hard and they're coming together. Everything else will take care of itself once the pads come on. Any message to the team as uh, everyone parks ways? Similar, come back in shape. Uh, injury guys get healthier and be ready to go. Coach, your rookies are in for a rude awakening when training camp starts in terms of the weather. We've had some actually really nice weather during this mini camp. Are you expecting then that the humidity is going to be a lot different when training camp starts? Anytime you come to the state of Florida, you should expect it to be hot. They understand that. Coach, you got most of these rookies signed so far. What are you hoping they're going to contribute in training camp and in the season? Just what they showed on college tape. There's a reason we took them, so we're going to get in pads and hopefully they do the same thing. You can see it up front on defense. Obviously, they're more athletic, so you can see a lot of the speed show up, yes. What is your outlook on this team from the time period from now up until training camp? Uh, today, they come back healthy. Tomorrow, I'm going to be on vacation, and I'm not going to have an outlook. But <laughs> when I get back, just staying healthy over the summer, not getting in any trouble, uh, come back and not forget the things they learned. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Coach Todd Bowles uh, live there from at the conclusion of Buccaneers' mandatory minicamp, and I believe they break now for about six weeks, I want to say around there until we get to training camp and again not much not much uh i guess in the weeds there of what went on with mandatory mini camp obviously it's really hard to to evaluate players when they're not in pads and all those things but as he said the most important thing here and bruce arians used to preach this all the time is stay in shape and don't get in trouble and todd bull said the same exact thing uh so hopefully uh we get that exact result when we come back for training camp. He did mention the Baker Mayfield there, and I mentioned that yesterday because you know we're all kind of assuming that Baker is probably going to be um, the guy here for the Bucks. But uh, I had mentioned before that turnovers have kind of been a little bit of an issue for Baker Mayfield. 62 interceptions since uh, 2018 since he came to the league, which is first in the league. So for all the talk about, you know, we have to have a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over and make the right reads and find the open guy and all those things, it's all great, but you have to go and do it. And so hoping Baker Mayfield um, can definitely turn into that guy for the Buccaneers. Uh, but let's go live back out to uh, Bucks mandatory minicamp. Uh, Kalijah Cansey, I believe, has come to the podium. So let's hear what the Buccaneers' first-round pick this season had to say after his first NFL minicamp. Uh, I think I learned a, a lot of football schematically, uh, just understanding um, the, the new defense for me uh, coming from a 4-3 in college and 3-4 here. 
and just a lot of movements and stuff like that. So it's just understanding understanding football as a pro. What's your take on Todd Bowles' defense? You know, it's quite aggressive. People are flying around all over the place, and the blitz packages it really can come from anywhere. Um, I love it. It's it's, it's awesome. Uh, a lot of movements, uh, which I'm good at uh, with speed and the interior, which is what we want. So I think that's a it's a great thing. I love it. Okay, so like growing up in Miami, he was like the 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 bigger name, the, the the hero coming from Liberty City, and he was the guy that led the way. So we always like went to his camps and stuff like that growing up. And when I got a, when I got in high school, he was talked about more and more. And then I just started to understand and, and learn more about him as I got into high school because he's a legend down there in Miami. Man, this is awesome when you when you go from looking up to someone to now being their teammate, their peer. I think it's I think it's awesome uh, how you see like when I was younger, I looked up to him. Now I'm in the same locker room as him, so it's awesome. You lining up next to Vita Vea, playing with, with him during these practices. Just what's what's your thoughts on, on playing with him, and has he shown you the ropes at all? Yes, Vita Vita's doing a great job of teaching me the game. Um, he's helping me out a lot. And he's going to draw a lot of attention, which which helped me out and the defense out as well. What do you find yourself looking around saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm actually here. I'm in the NFL." Is it still kind of sinking in for you? Um, here and there, I kind of I kind of say it, but then I try to live in a moment. But I, I I always catch myself like saying, "Dang man, I'm I'm here." But sometimes I just I just like lock back in and, and just live in a moment. I want to be able to, to stay in shape, come back ready to go, and, and wherever the, the team needs me, I want to be able to provide. Have you been able to explore Tampa at all since you moved here or anything you really want to do now moving to Florida? I actually didn't explore Tampa as much, but I'm definitely going to go to like the, the theme parts, the water parts, and stuff like that, have some fun. Have you set any goals for yourself for your rookie season yet? Uh, not as, not exactly. Uh, for me, my, my main thing was is, is getting into the, the program and the system and learning everything and being able to, to execute it on the field. And once I'm, I'm doing that and comfortable with doing that, then I'll, I'll set my goals. Okay, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, Kalaji Kansi right there, um, speaking after his first mandatory uh, mini camp. Let's go back out to JP, who is still sta- uh, standing by here. Let's bring him in. All right, there you go, JP. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, I'm standing here right uh, with where the interviews are going on. And, um, you know, just Kalaja Kansi, this is actually the first time I've seen him in person. And he's, he's small. <laughs> For an NFL defensive lineman, he's really small. Like, he's like my height. I mean, obviously, he's 285. He's, he's built. I mean, he's strong, and he's got a lower. He's got, you know, he's got some junk in his trunk. Ain't no doubt about that. But he's, I mean, it's it's visible. And I think this is this is the reason why so many, I think, NFL teams, they love his tape. They love his tape. You turn on the tape, he looks like he plays at 320, right? Knocking people over, dominating guys that are they're 50, 60, 70 pounds heavier than he is. But when you get out here on an NFL field, he, he you know he looks visibly small. But that quickness, you can say the same thing about Von Miller, 
Um, you could say the same thing. You know, interior guys, Aaron Donald, uh, uh, when he first came out of college, looked almost exactly like Canty now. Aaron Donald's probably beefed up, you know, 20 pounds. He's, you know, he's got his band strength. This is still a very young kid. Um, and he's going to get bigger. He'll put on some of that weight, but just like visibly seeing him without pads right here, if he was, you know, he just like you said, he's just going to the water park. You know, you were at the water park with him, you're like, oh, that dude probably is a really good college football player or high school, but he you know, he plays for the Bucks. Really? Like, really? He's a defensive lineman? And he's just, from, from the eye test, it's just, he looks small, but... Look, we don't. Nobody knows how he's going to be able to fare in the NFL. But when you put on his tape, and you put on, you know, you look at his tape against Tennessee, for instance, um, who had two interior linemen that are going to be playing in the NFL. I think one was already drafted. He's knocking these guys over. He's pushing them back. You know, four, five, six yards into the backfield. So, you know, it's it. it football is low man wins. Low man wins, and you can be small, you can be short in stature, but if you know how to play with leverage and you use your quickness. You can affect people, and I think I think that you know the Bucks are maybe a little bit ahead of the trend here. I think in this passing league that you now have and run games being de-emphasized, I think smaller, quicker defensive linemen are going to be extremely valuable. I mean, you, every every one of these, you know, look, look what the Bucks are doing on the offensive line, right? They're trying to get bigger. They're trying to get heavier, right? If I'm Matt Filer at six five three thirty, and this cat's lining up across from me. I'd almost want a guy, that, you know, bigger my size that I that I know I'm just going to wrestle with, right? This guy's going right by you. Like, you don't have time to wrestle him because he's getting underneath you and he's going right by you. So these, I, I think it'll be interesting. This is going to be one of the real interesting things about this season to see how Bowles utilizes him, utilizes his special skills, and how effective he can be. I mean, teams may just... You know, double team and bounce off him and, 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 and be able to knock him, you know, five yards back. We've seen that a little bit in practice. But, again, without without pads, without him being able to go low, because they don't want him to go low. You know, <laughs> we talked about this. It's it's just a different thing. He can't play like he plays on the field. So, you know, I, I'm not going to put any, any stock in anything that's happening out here for any of these linemen because it's all you – can, you can look at their feet a little bit and see – how quick they are, how how they how athletic they are. That'll give you a little feel for how they can play in the NFL. But you know, from an offensive lineman standpoint, but from a defensive line standpoint, you're just getting nothing out of this. Yeah, and the, I was going to say. And the other thing is, I haven't had a chance to see him next to Vita Vea in a real game. And I mean, you want to talk about contrasting styles and being able to work off of one another. I think that has a chance to be. If this all goes well with Kalijah Kansi, that could be the best one-two combo interior in the league. I think that's what their ceiling truly is because of their contrasting styles of play. And I think it's going to help Kalijah a lot early on in his career at a position that typically takes a little bit slower for guys to get going, as you know. But I don't see many guys like him coming to the league and playing next to Vita Vea right away. Right? So you know, I think... I think I think it's going to be interesting, too, because I think this is going to be a little bit of a trend in the NFL um, to, to, to get these smaller, quicker, stronger guys on the defensive line because, as we said, the game is evolving, right? Look at, you know, we're still in a, in a kind of a transition phase between the, you know, the, the dinosaur drop-back quarterbacks of Tom Brady to, you know, the Lamar Jacksons, the Jalen Hurts, you know, the, you know the, the, these type of quarterbacks that are, are super mobile, really, really – good uh, fast guys they they can find you know the quarterback draws the rollouts all these things you need athletic guys that can run 
And we've seen over the past couple of years what the Aaron, the Hicks, you know, Hicks Vita Vea combo, Dominican Sue Vita Vea, two big, huge yep. guys in the middle. It's great for run defense, but when teams aren't running the ball as much, right? Then, you know, is, is it better to get a guy like Hansi who can run side to side, go sideline to sideline, can, can penetrate? Um, you know, you, you get a lot of these offensive line schemes where you're pulling, you're pulling blockers. They're, that creates seams in the offensive line, right? And quick guys, if you can penetrate in there, that's where you really disrupt the running game. So I think, I think it's, um, I, I think it's the trend. Uh, I think the Bucks are ahead of this trend, and I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say that maybe in the next four to five years, you're going to see more what I would call hybrid defensive linemen, guys like Cansey, who can, you know, who can play low, who can be quick, who can, you know, can get to the, get into the the backfield and just create havoc. So it's it's kind of the Aaron Donald version, but again, Aaron Donald is just a special dude. We all know that. But if you're looking at stature, size, quickness. He's, you know, he's about as close to Aaron Donald clone as you're ever going to get. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting to watch and see how Bulls uses him and, and how effective he can be in the NFL. Well, I think even if you gave me 75 to 80% of Aaron Donald, if that's, I think even if I got that out of Kalaj, you can't see, I think I'd take it. I think 70, oh God, yes. 75 to 80% of Aaron Donald is probably a top 10 defensive tackle in the league. So I would be over oh the God, moon yes. if Canty could give you that. And you mentioned the way the league's going and the Bucks getting out in front of that. That's the thing that's so, like, like I'm curious to see how this works is because in Todd Bull's defense, I don't think he's ever had someone like this on his defensive line before. Like you mentioned, and you can go back to Arizona and look at the same thing in New York, it's always been bigger guys in the middle and they clog up the run game but we saw that at the end of 2021 and it's why Indomitian Sue wasn't back last year is that in space Indomitian Sue just wasn't quick enough to get out to the sideline to make tackles and in the Rams game in the playoffs that was shown and then last year with Akeem Hicks great, a bigger body older obviously which is what this team had kind of transitioned to um, broke down a lot as he had the few years before. So now you get some. He's ten years younger than than Akeem Hicks. We forget that. Right. Ten years younger right. here. He's got a lot of football to play in his career, and I'm curious to see how it works. Obviously, like I said, because it's just so different from what we've seen from a Todd Bowles defense. Yeah, I uh, agree, hundred percent. And you know, you throw Shaq Barrett in there. By the way, uh, Joe Tryon Shawenka. Saw him coming out. He came out a little late to practice, probably get some therapy or something. He's noticeably heavier. Okay. Like, I would say 15 to 20 pounds. He looks way bigger Good. than the last time Good. I saw Yeah, way bigger. Uh, and it, it's, it's muscle weight. He's not he's not a fat guy at all. I mean, that guy, is he's, his neck is thicker. His body is thicker. He just, you know, he looks like, you know, typically one of those guys that comes in from college, you know, a thinner person. And then they get in here, they, they start eating right, they start working out all the time, they get that man strength. So uh, that, that's something that I like to see. He just looks bigger, he looks better. he looks more the part of an outside linebacker now than he did, I think, the last couple of years. To me, he was a little thin, didn't set the edge very well. Um, we'll see. And, and, you know, with this weight comes strength, right? I mean, it's not just weight, it's strength. And if you're, you know, if you're picking up, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds on your bench press and some of these other, you know, things that, you know, bench press as much as they used to. But the press that they use to, to get blockers off them, you know, you getting, you know, 20, 30% stronger, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal in the NFL. You've got to get up to that level. Now you can play. Now you can use your athleticism, right? Now you're just not getting pushed around or pushed outside. 
um, you know, to, to, to create that steam for the running lane. So that, that, that's a positive. And Logan Hall, same way, looked, looked noticeably bigger. So these guys, you know, this is a big part of winning in the NFL that we don't talk enough about, and that's player development. And player development is not just, you know, coaching and getting better cerebrally. It's also about getting bigger, stronger, faster. And I think the Bucks do a really, really good job of that. Their strength and conditioning program is really, really good. Um, they've, they've always been ahead in terms of um, nutritional science, uh, you know, getting the, the data on their players from the shoulder pads and their practices and all that stuff. So that's that's become a critical part of, of, um, of player development. I think the Bucks do a really good job of that. And they're listen, I mean, Logan Hall's got to step up. You know, JTS has got to step up. All these guys that have been here for a year or so, they got to step up and become impact players, you know, and that's if that doesn't happen, you know, if these guys don't become productive players, you know, that's then you look back at those drafts and you say, okay, we missed. We missed on that guy. And the guy's here one, two years and is still not, you know, becoming a better football player, not getting bigger, not getting stronger. You got issues. But with all these guys, it seems like, at least from the eye test, that they're bigger, stronger, faster, and you know, they're going to need that to, to create an impact here. Well, yeah, I mean, the two players you mentioned, Joe Tryon-Shawinka and, and Logan Hall, and then I'll throw Cancy in there as well. Those three guys playing three separate positions. You know, we talk about a lot about, you know, this team has a lot of really good players on it. And defensively, I just started thinking, it's like I was trying to count the number here. Like, we already know Levante David, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett when he's healthy, the two corners, Winfield and Neal. Okay, so you got what seven players already right there that I would consider really good players in the NFL, and some of them yeah. in the top of their tier. When I'm talking about Levante, David, Winfield, and Vita Vea, if you can get those three guys to hit, you have a full defense right there. You have a full yeah. defense right there, and at that point, we're talking like a defense that potentially you could see pop up in the top five in some statistics. And I'm here to tell you, and I think you'd agree. It doesn't matter what kind of play. You still need the quarterback play to play, you know, somewhat competent, right? Serviceable is what the right. word I'll use. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. But if you get those two, you get two of those three guys, or all three would be the best case scenario to kind of pop this year a little bit, and you have 10 of your 11 guys on defense that are impact players. I mean, I'm telling you, this team, like we said, they're going to be a lot better than you think. They're going to be a lot better than you think because of these guys on defense. So, so let me take a, a little page out of the Nuggets. Uh, playbook all right you know if you if you look at what denver's done right and I, the number one thing for me number one thing for me what denver did right to win a championship patience yep patience with players patience with the system sticking with the system all right so i mentioned that because of these players that i just mentioned patience and i'll even mention you said jamel dean and carlton davis now a lot of people will look at like look how many interceptions we're getting out of these cats we're paying them a combined $30 million, $35 million a year. Because I was watching them both out here. They weren't doing – they weren't in the team drills, by the way. They were just out here doing sprints, and Carlton was bitching about how hot it is out here. Fair. But they were just – but I'm like, wow, they're $35 million a year in, quarter, in cornerbacks running up and down the field. But it, it hit me. as like, you know, this is when you know, year three, year four, year five, these guys have the size and the speed and the ability to be great corners. All right, and if Carlton Davis would have hit the market, I'm here to tell you, he's getting you know 18, 19 million from somebody else. Everybody coveted him. Same thing with Jamel Dean. You could say whatever you want about Jamel Dean, but if he'd have hit the open market, he was the top corner on the market. 
So let's not forget that other teams look at these guys and go, they're really good. Now, have we gotten the production out of them that we really want in terms of turnovers? No. But you can say to yourself, now they've learned how to play in this Todd Bowles defense. You know, communication should be better. You know, this could be a year where both of those guys pop. And Winfield moving back to his natural position at safety, right? Now you combine that with Cansey giving you some pressure, JTS getting bigger, stronger, better, uh, a faster defense. You know, let's hey, let's bring it back to Devin White. Right? We can say all we want about Devin White. He's one of the best blitzing linebackers in football. His quickness on that A-gap blitz is unmatched, and that's where he is at his strength, right? It's like, don't bother covering anybody. You don't have any other responsibility, and just go get the quarterback, right? Use your athleticism. He knows how to do that, and if he – overruns the sack, at least he's chasing it into some other athletic players that can make the sack, right? So that's where his impact can be felt. So, look, I mean, every team in the league is going through these machinations, right? If this guy happens, if this guy happens. But you're right. You know, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are elite corners in this league. They are. You know, we all believe Antoine Winfield is going to be an elite safety, may already be an elite safety, was playing a little out of position last year. So get him back to where he needs to be. Levante, we know he's getting older, but, man, if he stays healthy, he's, he's well, I was, I was gonna, I was going to ask that real quick about Levante because, you know, I've heard Warren Sapp talk about this before. It's like, and I think this kind of happened to his career where, like, he was really good and, like, elite, and then you come back the next year, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, I don't have it anymore. Like, it, it comes really right. quick. The regression, yeah. and, like, I've seen some of, like, the video out there, and, again, I know it was a shorter practice. I don't know how much Levante was doing, but it kind of looks like just from just watching him, and, again, we don't have pads at the benefit of that. Maybe it's better to ask this at training camp, but it seems like we probably are not – I don't think we're going to get that fall-off, that quick fall-off from Levante David. He still looks like he's in great shape and very agile for his age. Yeah, he's, you know, he's that Adrian Peterson guy that just doesn't age, right? He just always looks good, always looks fluid. He's always taking care of his body, right? He's not, you know, hanging out at the club. No. He's all, he's that guy. He's that he's that that Tom Brady guy that's always taking care of himself and always studying, always doing the right thing. I mean, you love guys like that. You love guys. I just, you know, could it happen? Absolutely. Is he more prone to injury? Absolutely. He's had some foot issues, some other issues, but look, you know, I, he's he's as good as it is it, it, as there is in the middle, right? And if, if they can get Devin on track, you know, who better to have next to him than Levante David, right? Because Levante keeps him on track yeah. mentally and physically, and we'll get the best out of Devin. Yeah. Um, if you know, if Devin decides to to you know man up and and come back and put all this stuff behind him, so no, I think this defense has a great opportunity to be one of the better defenses in the league. I really do. And, you know, they got to go out and prove it. We mentioned this many times. They play a lot of young quarterbacks. They play a lot of young quarterbacks. Within their division, you got two very young quarterbacks, and you got Derek Carr, obviously, in in New Orleans. Um, But, look, when when Dave Canales talks about not turning the ball over, you get a feeling for what the Bucs want to do. I I think this is, and I know there's some Buck fans out there that may cringe when I say this, but this is more of a Dungy-esque, type of team, right? It's The offense is going to be uh, hopefully effective, um, explosive at times, but they're going to take care of the ball. Hey, but that, last time I checked, that Dungy team was a mainstay yeah. in the playoffs. It was a right. few points away in two years of getting to a, to a Super Bowl. So I think... Yeah. And, maybe, and, and, and let's just be honest, it won a Super Bowl, right? You know, yeah. that when Gruden came in, yes, the offense got better, no question about it. It was more efficient, but you know, that team, that, that Super Bowl was won with the defense. 
So I think, you know, Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach. So, yeah, this is going to be a don't turn it over, you know, run the football, you know, make some big plays in the passing game when you can, short throws, you know, long runs. I think, you know, is this going to be a vertical passing game? No. Will they be able to take some shots when they need to? Sure. So, yeah, I think if Todd Bowles has his way, that they'll win every game 24-10, to you know, 21 Twenty-one seven. Yeah, and I understand it's not going to be an enjoyable brand of football, and it's unf- It's just un. Let's just call it what it is. It's very unfair to really compare what we're going to see this year to what we saw in twenty twenty, and certainly twenty twenty one as well. I mean, totally different. Especially deal. when you have a defensive head coach. <clears throat> I mean, off the top of my head, it seems like. I mean, most of the defensive head coaches seem like they win by running the ball and playing good defense. I mean, the exception to that is probably. Hey, here. Or I was going to say, there seems like there's commotion going on. Jamel, yes, commotion. Jamel Dean is coming to the mic, so see if you can get your feet up. Um, and in the meantime, I'll, I'll mosey over there. Yeah, I'll bounce you out of here real quick. We'll, we'll transition to Jamel Dean, who's coming to the mic. As I pull that up here. Da, 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 da. Right. Let's see if we can get Jamel. Hmm. All right, doesn't look like doesn't look like the Bucks have a a live feed going on for Jamel, unfortunately. So I don't think we'll be able to go live to it, unfortunately. But um, we will definitely get a firsthand take from JP. In the meantime, let's uh, let's take a little break here and pay some bills, and then we'll come back. And hopefully we'll get some news and notes from Jamel Dean, and we'll continue this Buccaneers conversation. Again, just wrapped up day three of mandatory mini camp before they break for six weeks and come back for training camp. So back in three, stay with us, JP Live from Buccaneers mandatory mini camp. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off 
everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back on a Thursday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. J.P. out at mandatory minicamp. And I believe we, we've wrapped up Jamel Dean's media availability. Is that correct, J.P.? Yeah, he just he just wrapped it up. He, he probably did about uh, 10 minutes with the media. You know what's minutes. interesting is he talked a lot of, about what we just talked about, about how good this defense could be. It was almost like word for word. Uh, what we just talked about. So you talked about you know the, the fact that these guys have played together for a while now, uh, especially with uh, with Carlton Davis, um, Winfield, Levante. I mean, a lot of these guys have played. They all won a Super Bowl together. Right? Yeah. We talked about that this defense can be as good as that defense was in its in its prime, especially at the uh, at the end of the season when they were you know shutting down Patrick Mahomes and keeping him out of the end zone. So it's not like this is this is a huge reach for. Um, you know, for to, to say that this defense can be elite, it's done it. It's been there. It's won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, and I think when you look at the pieces, the, the Super Bowl defense compared to this, I and mean, a lot of the key players are the same. But, again, Jack Barrett's got to come back and be that pressure guy off the edge. Um, they've got to get more turnovers. Remember, they did a lot. Of, they got a lot of turnovers. And Jamel just mentioned that, too. He said, uh, so Scott Reynolds asked him about, you know, what's what's it going to take to get that that those turnover mentality back to get start getting those picks back? And he said, you know, we got to. He said something really interesting. I thought he said we got to can't just line up and play our defense. He said we got to we got to bait the quarterback into interceptions. We have to create the interceptions. I thought that was very interesting yeah. because most of the time you'll hear coaches say, um, you know, hey, you know, play the fundamentals, play the defense. If you do it the right way, the the, uh, the picks will come. You know, the turnovers were come. That's not what he said. He said, we got to bait quarterbacks into it. we got to disguise better and bait quarterbacks into things. Because when you, when I watch a lot of, you know, other teams play, when you watch the NFL, you look at the big turnover teams, and you know who was great at this was Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley was the master at baiting, you know, specifically, Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're bringing, you're bringing all these throws back into my memory here. I didn't like that. Right. And so you talk about baiting quarterbacks into things, and, and, and Jameis was, was pretty easy to bait into, into interceptions. It was one of his big issues. But that's where you got to – when you have an experienced team, when you got good corners, guys that have played in this league a while, and, uh, safeties that know what they're doing, um, that's what you got to do. You got to be smarter than the other team. Sometimes it's, just, it's not just, you know, creating pressure and making a quarterback make a stupid throw. It's not, not always that way. Sometimes you got to, you just got to be smarter than them, disguise it, bait them into it. That's, um, you know, we talked about uh, the Saints and Brady, right? Like the Saints were the only team that could really get to Brady. And that's what they did all the time. They baited him in interceptions. They would, they would, you know, because Brady's, always three steps ahead of you, right? He knows your defense better than you know your defense. He knows what your responsibilities are, right? So he, he sees man or he sees his own or certain combo coverage. He's make, he's reading the defense, and he goes, I'm going to throw it before, and they would break their rules. The Saints would break their own rules, and, you know, that chess game, just be one move ahead, 
and that's how they would get the interceptions on Brady. So I think the Bucks have studied that, and they, they understand that it's not just about playing good, solid defense, playing your fundamentals, do everything right, and the turnovers will come. No, you, and, and Jamel said that too. He said you got to take more chances. Sometimes you got to shoot your shot. And, you know, you got to go maybe outside your defense a little bit to shoot your shot. Yeah, now that can lead to big plays. We get that. But this, this, you know, the NFL now is about turnovers, right? It's about, it's about getting stops and getting turnovers. That's what changes games. Sacks and turnovers. You know, the yards, nobody cares about the yards, really. Total defense, how many yards you give up, nobody cares. It's points. How many points are you giving up? What keeps point totals down? Stealing possessions, right? Getting stops. Getting stops come from what? Sacks, right? Getting sacks or holding calls or getting turnovers. That's where stops come from. Give the opportunity, give your offense more opportunity and don't turn the ball over. You're going to win most games. That's the way Todd Bowles wants to play. So turnovers are going to be huge in that. I thought it was really interesting what Jamel Dean said right there. Yeah, and you also know as well what goes hand in hand with that. And this goes, this is true for every team, and I think this has always been the way football's been, is you have to have a pass rush. You cannot, yes. you can't get turnovers without a pass rush. It's just that simple. And I think that's why I think you saw that last year where the Bucks really struggled in their back end to get turnovers, is they just didn't have a consistent, specifically a four-man rush. I think when they brought blitz packages and some of those other things, uh, gave some exotic looks, Devin White, you know, obviously coming in on the blitz, they could get pressure. From a four-man rush standpoint, they never could. And with how the offense, these offenses around the league and how up-to-date they are and how they're constantly changing, you give a quarterback nowadays, it feels like more than three seconds. And I know that's so that's such a short amount of time, we think. Uh, but in the, in the NFL, as a quarterback, that's a pretty good amount of time. You give them three, four, five seconds in some cases, these guys are going to find somebody open. And I think that's what happened last year. Like, when we talked about why the secondary struggled, I think a lot of it really went into the fact that these guys were just having to chase around receivers longer than they had any right to or business to because they just couldn't get a pass rush. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I remember saying to myself watching the tape last year, especially towards the end of the season, I was like, you know, the Bucks aren't disguising their coverages or disguising their defense as much as they used to. I don't see, you know, enough, you know, A-gap blitzes threatened, mm-hmm. you know, the double A-gap blitz that they use so well with Levante and Devin. Didn't, I, didn't, I remember just saying to myself, we're not seeing as much of that. They are just kind of lining up in base and trying to beat teams with what they're doing. So I think maybe they did a little bit of self-scouting and said, we got to get back to those uneven fronts, those those kind of, you know, those mosh. You see this is very, very uh, trendy now, the NFL, where guys aren't lining up in their regular positions. They're jumping around, they're moving around. Guys are constantly moving around. So you don't know where they're coming from. It's hard to read the defenses. The disguise is the key. And I remember thinking that, oh, the, the Bucks, and even their blitz rate, if I'm not mistaken, was, was a bit down. Bowles has always been a heavy blitz yep. guy, and I I think even last year that was down a bit. So I think, yeah, I think from what Jamel said and from what we're hearing, I think they're going to get back to more of that. And I do think you're going to see more pressure. Because, listen, if you're paying two corners as much money as we are paying, that should allow you to devote more players to the pass rush. You should be blitzing more. If you've got two guys that you feel you could put one-on-one with their receivers, I mean, that's the key, man. You know, that's what Belichick's defenses, when they were at their best, were great. Uh, the Ravens' defense was great that way because you, you just you, you leave these linebackers open to, you know, not necessarily spend all this time in coverage and get after it and get after the uh, the quarterback. So, yeah, I think if you're going to pay two corners that much, then you, you should be a very high blitz level team. Yeah, and you got to have the guys to do it as well. And that was obviously last year was an issue when Shaq went down and, you know, 
I love Anthony Nelson. I, I hate to use the cliche of high motor and all those type of things, but it's it's true, right? He's like one of those high motor guys, but as a number two pass rusher, and actually probably was better than Joe Tryon Shawinka last year. So he basically was yeah. probably your number one edge rusher, I'd argue, for the last eight weeks yeah. of the season. <laughs> That's sad to say, unfortunately. Right. But this year, <laughs> this year, what is he? The fourth option? If I'm assuming, if if I if I'm banking on Yaya Diaby, I think being more of an upside guy, and I know he's going to take time, but. You know, hopefully if Anthony's like your fourth option, that's a lot better than being your first option. So I just think in general what they've added this offseason in the draft, free agency, they just have more guys up front, I think, to allow them to do some of those things. Last year, I just don't think they really had the, the manpower. And that was an issue for the Bucks offensively as well, as we know. They, they didn't have the manpower, I think, to really get up to speed on a lot of these, these modern concepts and what other teams were doing. And I think they have a much better shot this year. Nope, I, I, I would totally agree. I mean, you got to stay healthy, obviously, but no, they, they, across the board defensively, you know, this is a team that, you know, they, as we mentioned yesterday, they have created or, or devoted a lot of money to this defense, right? Vita Vea is making elite money. Dean, uh, Carl, Carlton Davis making elite money. Uh, Devin White, Devin White's making elite money at 11.7. It may not be enough for him, but that's elite money. Right, you got you know JTS is a first round pick. Logan Hall is a high second round pick. Um, you got to get production out of these guys. You draft them high, you pay them a lot of money. They've got to produce. It's a salary cap league, right? So you've got to get you've got to get bang for the buck. You got to get bang for the buck, and um, it, it, and not also for high draft picks, those guys have got to play. Um, Malchus got to play. kalajikansi has got to be a, a, a main contributor. You know, this is not a rookie class that can come in here and kind of feel their way in. They have to have impact. You know, you got to, Malk has got to be a good, you, you draft him in the second round, you better be a starter. You know, you better be a good offensive lineman. Uh, Clyde, you can't see. You got to be an impact player. You got to get in the backfield. You've got to create, um, at least take some double teams on pass rush to give Vita Vea and your outside guys single, singled up, and then they got to win. So, you know, all these guys have got to step up. They've got to play. Rashad White's in year two. Look, man, you're going to get 25, 30 touches a game possibly. You got to produce. So it's it's time for these young players to step up and, and, and take center stage and, and be the next thing. You know, this just in, Tom Brady ain't here anymore, and he ain't walking through that door. So, you know, this is your team now, young guys. This is your team. Um, and even if you put Baker Mayfield in there, we assume he's going to be the starter. Um, that's just an assumption. He just I know, feel, but, but he already feels like the leader. Uh, he, he, he really does. does. Like, I see stuff, and, yeah. you know, I know the quarterbacks usually do this kind of thing, but, I mean, he seems like he's leading the line in workouts and kind of things like that. He seems like he's working hand-in-hand hand with a lot of these receivers, and, you know, he's out in the community, which I know you love and I love as well. He's attending all these events. He's doing all the things that a franchise quarterback should do, right, especially yeah. one that's fighting for his spot. He seems like he's taking on that role. And, you know, when it comes to that and you hear the word moxie and you hear the way he speaks and the confidence, the competitiveness, not knocking Kyle Trask by any means, but it doesn't feel like you get the same feeling there, right? Right. With Kyle right. Trask from those kind of, I call them intangibles kind of, right, as you get with Baker. So he feels like the leader of the offense. And defensively, I tell you what, Levante David, is he's the unquestioned leader of the defense. I mean, even yesterday... You know, a lot of these guys come up here and, you know, we've heard it. Like, they speak for, like, three minutes, four minutes, whatever. You know, it is what it is. He, he, spoke, he spoke for 13 minutes to the media and answered all the questions. I mean, not to go crazy on the Devin White thing again because we've obviously talked about that a lot. But credit Levante David for taking, like, he took, like, five or six questions about Devin White. 
and he didn't just rub it like you know shrug it to the side he gave you a nice in-depth answer every single time more so than anybody else in this building honestly has combined i'd probably yeah. argue yeah. he was very upfront including the head coach including the head coach he was very upfront about it which i find refreshing he spoke a lot about being the longest tenured buck right now and being the old guy in the room and how much that means to him and to mentor these young guys he name dropped ronde barber as his mentor when he got into the league, and he name-dropped Darrell Revis go. and all these things. I, the more I hear Levante David talk, I, I mean, we've known it obviously for the last 12 years, but this guy, he's freaking awesome. First-class human being and a first-class buck, and I think he's going to be so beneficial that he's here for this season. You know, it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that, that, you know, he played with Rondé Barber, and, and Rondé's a mentor of his, and it kind of takes you, you know, that's the connection to the to the Super Bowl, the original right. Super Bowl generation, right? And, you know, they and, and they pass it down, and Levante, you know, was hopefully passing it down to Devin White, although it doesn't look like that's really working. Um, but maybe that's uh, Winfield. Maybe that's somebody else that's going to lead this defense. You know, maybe it's Vita Vea. Who knows? Uh, but it... it it's a very interesting observation that you make. And, and yeah, Levante stood there for 13 minutes. You know who didn't? Devin White. <laughs> it all you comes, know, it all comes White, back to him, unfortunately. It really right. does. And he didn't, he, didn't, you know, he didn't talk to the media today, had a chance to talk to the media for the last three days. Um, but do I take I, – I try to take, you know – It's probably better that he didn't, to be honest with you. I was going to say, like, you know, you take certain things at face value, but, like – you know, when I hear Levante David speak, like, I put a lot of stock into it. And if he tells me that, you know, hey, Devin, because he, he's the one who's been talking to Devin through most of this process, right. right? And when he tells me that, you know, his emotions got the best of him and he shouldn't have done that and, you know, he understands that and he's ready to roll and all that, I feel, me personally, that makes me feel a little bit better because that tells yeah. me that Levante, you know, he knows how special Devin White can be as a player and how he's shown it in spurts, and he wants him to be that guy. You know, when he leaves the building after for probably good after the season, he wants Devin White to be there and be the next and be the Levante David for the next ten years after that. But you got to show up. You got to show up, and you got to handle your business. And I think Levante, somebody who's been grossly underpaid his entire career, I think that's a great. You know, I know that he said yesterday. You know, I know Devin wants his bag, but you got to go out there, and you just got to keep playing. You just got to keep playing, and you'll get it. Well, you know, it's interesting. We say he's grossly underpaid, and I think for most, a lot of his career he was, but he, he got that second contract, and he even in the last couple of years, he's made some good money, and he's made $84 million in his career. $84 million. And if you, you know, if you put that up to today's standards, that's $100 million, right? Yeah. And with inflation. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if Devin wants a $100 million contract, he doesn't have to look any further than the way Levante David has handled his business. Yeah, and he's and you're not handling your business the way Levante David did. You're not listening to your mentor. Now, yeah, what he said yesterday, what Levante said yesterday, you hope that Devin, you know, received that message and he comes in to camp and he's ready to go. Um, but you know, he still didn't talk to the media this week. He couldn't step up and do that. So. Until we see it, I'm not going to believe it. I hope that he got the message from his teammates, but we shall see. Yeah, hey, why don't we why don't we take a break and um, come back? I got to power up my phone here, and we can get into some of the other stuff as well. And I'll stick with you the rest of the way. We'll talk a little bit more about what Jamel Dean said, and uh, we can get into some of the other other stuff as well. Yeah, let's do that. Well, definitely the Rays. We'll mention the Rays, who finally. Finally beat these Oakland A's, JP. Big win. <laughs> it's, yes. a, it's a big win to beat the Oakland A's. It actually is. So 
Uh, stay with us here on a Thursday at the J.P. Peterson Show, obviously out at Mandatory Minicamp. Good Bucks discussion, but we'll get into the Rays and some of the other news and notes as well. Back in three, stay with us. Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. 
And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on a Thursday. Nick Getty's holding it down over here at RHS Studios in St. Petersburg. And JP just wrapped up Buck's mandatory minicamp, and he's going to stay with us here for um, the finality of the show. And I believe he's with us now. He's coming from his car, I believe, in, out there in uh, outside of the Advent Health Training Center. JP, you got me? I got you now. So, sorry, we have uh, gone into the uh, beautiful air conditioning of my luxurious BMW. I don't. Where I've got. I don't I've blame got, you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I, and I don't blame you one bit because Jordan G had actually brought that up. He said, "Stay out there. Stay hydrated out there. It's a hot one. Swing by BAMMC for some IV fluids before lunch." I may have to do that. That's a. That's a. That's a. Great, I would have to use this as a promo, Jordan G. Yes. <laughs> It is. I mean, it was it was hot out there today. Although you know they've got three OTA practices and they got out there probably a little early today. But you know, I would like I would like to see them use use every hour. But uh, Broles gave them a a quick a quick run today. They did a couple of things. Um, I guess I can now talk about what I saw since the practice is over. We're legally allowed to say what I saw. Uh, Devin Tompkins made an unbelievable catch in the end zone. Went up high to snag it for a touchdown. Uh, the, the starting corners weren't out there as far as I know at that particular point. Um, but I uh, saw most of the starters out there. Baker Mayfield running the offense, had a couple of big plays. 
And, you know, like you said earlier, man, this is, this is why I wanted to get out here. You know, you see things with your own eyes that, um, that just give you a little bit more, um, credibility, you know, that you've seen it, you guys going one-on-one with other guys. It just, it's just, I, I like having my own eyes out here and you can see that Baker Mayfield, first of all, he can spin it, bro. Like he's, he's got a really good arm. Uh, I think back at the combine, he threw it like 70 yards or he, something he it. on his pro day. Yeah, and even the one yeah. that they do now where they, they have to throw it as hard as they can at that net or whatever, and everybody was going crazy about Will Levis, and I think Baker actually set the record during his combine for that trip. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a cannon, man. He's got a cannon, and the other thing is he's just so freaking athletic. Uh, he can run and throw. I mean, it, it, look, the dude won a Heisman Trophy – He's the number one pick in the draft. Everybody wants to trash him. Everybody wants to go, oh, the Bucks went from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Look, Baker Mayfield right now is a more athletic, obviously. And, you know, look, I'm not going to say better quarterback because people will go bananas over that. But he is a better quarterback than the Tom Brady we saw last year. Not better than Tom Brady. Not a better career. I'm not, you know, not being stupid here. But the Tom Brady that we got last year who was completely immobile, was inaccurate, was not a good player. He was not a good player last year. And Baker Mayfield has the opportunity to be a really good player in this offense. He's not going to throw for 5,000 yards. He's not going to throw for 45 touchdowns. That's not what they want. They want him to be the Baker Mayfield of, was it 2019? When they went to the, the playoffs? Where it's, you know, 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, 3,700 yards. I'm just off the top of my head. That's about you know, it. Yep. And a good and a good running game that that balanced offense where you're you're playing complementary football and winning football games. And if you're a Bucks fan, that's all you want. And and look, you know, it's a little bit of a throwback to the Dungey years, right? Play play great defense, run the football with Warwick Don and, and, and Mike Allstott. Um, you know, and play play dominant defense and win games twenty four to seven. I don't think Buck fans have a problem with that. You ain't gonna score forty points to be you know to be a great football team. So I, this is their plan. Now, can Todd Bowles pull this off? Can Dave Canales pull this off? Can these players play at that high level? That remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. But I like I like the atmosphere. I like the I like the roster. I think this roster is way better than people think it is. Um, I think I think people are overlooking the Buccaneers. I, I like the spot that they're in. Yeah, and I tell you what, Canales, and you agree. I think you would agree, and I think everybody in this in this market believes this. He makes you believe. He makes you believe yeah. without having called a single play of meaningful football in his career that he can do the, yeah, he can get it done, and he can get it. Yeah, done. this he says all the right things. This is the first practice that I've seen with Dave Canales out there. And uh, the first thing you notice is, man, that dude's got about two percent body fat. He is, uh, he is, he is a structured, disciplined man. Because, yeah, he is chiseled, and his energy is off the freaking charts, bro. He is running from spot to spot. He is coaching people up. He's uber positive. I mean, it's it's impressive. Now, does that mean he can call plays and sequence plays? No, um, but he comes from pretty good stock. You know, he's been around some pretty good offensive minds. So, um, again, this is going to be a season of we'll see. I think, you know, I would if I sat here and I looked at this roster and said, you know, this is, you know, 2016 
garbage Bucks football. Uh, it, it just that's you you saw it you, there was two or three players out there that were good players and that was it there's a lot of there's a lot of pro bowlers out here there's a lot yeah i think they got what uh, 11 guys that have been to the pro bowl and i know the pro bowl is not everything but it just shows you that these guys that are on this roster have played at a, at a high level they've won a super bowl i mean i i look at this roster a lot like you might look at the eagles roster you know and maybe the Bucks found their Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And nobody thought Jalen Hurts was going to the to the, to the Super Bowl last year, did they? Nobody nobody said Jalen Hurts is going to get a franchise quarterback deal. You know, everybody was Jalen Hurts is I'm, trash. I'm, I'm blah my, blah blah. I'm waving my hand. Yeah. I stood on the I stood on that yeah. island. Yeah, and you'll remember I said I like him. I like him as a leader. He's developing as a passer. He's one hell of a runner. But he's, you know, those leadership qualities are what you loved about Jalen Hurts and his athleticism. But could he ever learn how to play quarterback? Well, you know what? It looks like he has. So again, you've got you've got a championship DNA here. You've got guys that have won a freaking Lombardi Trophy. They have the template. They know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Not every team can say that. In fact, most teams in this league can't say that. Yep. So, you know, this is look. What is that? Vegas got the Bucks at five and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm six, six, maybe six and a half. I'm going over on their win total. I think, uh, I think they're, I think they're a solid ten win, nine, ten, eleven win team. Well, I'm hopeful, and I can tell you right now, as a a long suffering Bucks fan for many, many years, until the last three seasons, I can't tell you how many times I said that around this time as a fan. I'm hopeful about this season. I'm optimistic about this season. Yeah. I think I can make a case yeah. for this team making the playoffs. I've talked myself into yeah. that with every variation of this team, from Josh Freeman being quarterback to Mike Lennon being the quarterback to Jameis <laughs> being the quarterback. I have done it. I think every Bucks fan has done it, and we've fallen flat on our face every single time. But to your point, this team is a lot more talented. Um, even though they weren't as buttoned up as me and you would have liked to have seen last year and there was dysfunction and all that, I think they're still more buttoned up than those teams that we saw from the, in the 2010s. Every single one of them, even the one that had fool's gold nine and seven in 2016, even that one as well. I think they're way more talented, more buttoned up. I think this coaching staff is still an upgrade over those ones. So I'm hopeful, and that's the best I can give you on the 2023 Buccaneers. And we'll see. We got training camp in what six weeks, right? We got a break for six weeks six to come weeks. back, and then before we'll be you right know back it, back here and. Before you know it, yeah, it'd be hot. He'd be even hotter as hell, right? And then before you know it, we're going to be in the swing of things. And oh, I can't wait for football. I cannot. We're, we're midway through oh. June. We're on, we're getting closer. If we can endure yeah. this month of dead time, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. Yeah, we're and we'll bring we'll take you through that, guys. We're gonna be doing lots of football during the next six weeks. We'll be taking a look, deep dives on the Saints, on the Panthers, on the Falcons, the NFC. All the NFL stuff, there's lots to talk about. So, you know, we'll be getting into the college football. College football teams are going to be reporting, what are we, mid-June? Um, you know, they're, they're going to be like late July, so they're even closer to reporting. So there's plenty of football to talk about, but we'll, we'll get to some of the other sports now. By the way, quick shout-out to my man Darren Herman. My man Darren Herm- Hermo's got listening to the show today, watching the show. Shout-out Hermo and all Hermo's buddies. So thanks for, uh, for chiming in today. Yep, awesome to see. And by the way, you're getting compliments here in the chat from the guys. They appreciate you doing a show on the road today for us. And this kind of this is a unique <laughs> show for us. It's been a while since we've done one of these like 
remotes at kind of a, a practice or something like that. But I think we pulled it off well. I think we pulled it off well. We went, yeah. we went in with a little bit of a plan, and we got sidetracked to some things, but I think it flowed okay. <laughs> We've proven we could pull it off, you going out on a remote and us doing a two-hour show, and I think everybody appreciates that, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, you definitely mentioned let's get into some of the other stuff, and uh, if you stayed up late last night, like I did, you got to watch the Rays and the A's in Game 3 of that series. And I tell you what, right off the top of the game, I'm after the first inning, JP, if you saw that first inning, I'm just like, can we please get the hell out of this decrepit city and this <laughs> this this stadium, please, and this this overly obnoxiously loud PA system where I can't hear my own thoughts through the TV and these fans. There's not many of them in there, but they're making just enough noise to bother me a little bit. And the cell that I'm ready to get out of this stadium because it just seemed like it was affecting the Rays or something. I mean, I was ready for like a black cat or something to go across the screen on the field. That's how like cursed I thought the Rays were in this series after the first inning where Yandy finally gets on base against the A's and so does Wander and then they both just get thrown out on the base paths. Yeah. It looked like the 2022 Rays if I'm being completely honest last night on the base paths. A little bit of a throwback. I was like, "Oh my god, are we going to lose 3 now <laughs> to the A's?" Uh, Glass now gives up a three-run bomb. That was a bomb. Um, you know, he wasn't as sharp as we would hope he would be. What, he had four walks last night? Yeah, not, but, not great. you know, it's still – you know what? He didn't get hurt. So That's <laughs> a win. The Rays won the game. And he didn't get hurt. So that's a win. That's a win for Glass now. And um, I think he throws his glove down on the bench. I'm like, hey, hey, big man, chill. You just – what, second start back? I mean, just relax. Relax, you'll be fine. And then, of course, uh, Yandy comes back with two big knocks. Good to see him get going again. Um, who else had a big knock last night? Wander? Man, man, yeah, Wander um, had two hits. Manuel Margot, three hits and yeah, I believe Margot. three doubles. Three doubles for Manuel yeah. Margot, hitting in the nine hole, by the way, for the Rays. They continue to get production. Got to get him going. Continue to get production in the bottom lineup. I think all eight of the nine guys got hits yesterday. The only one that did not was Luke Rayleigh. Who, by the way, did you see the the crushing of the bat over the knee? I have snap. I, yes. I haven't seen the bat snap in a long time, and that was yeah. a, it was a clean break. I, I'm every time I see that, I just don't understand. Like I have held so many wood bats before, especially the ones that those guys use, and just the thought of like breaking that over my my uh, my knee, it just doesn't make any sense. Like these guys are these guys aren't human. When I see these type of things, yeah. and like what Bo Jackson did this That's like a, routinely. Like, I don't understand yeah. that. He did it over his head, like did he not? He did it over his head once. Yeah, he did it over his head one time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, those things, that's a that's a broken femur waiting to happen for you and me. Um, yeah, it, who was it? I'm trying to remember. Was it B.A. or maybe um, maybe it was Doug Wechter on our show? We were talking about Luke Rayleigh, and he called him Paul Bunyan. Yeah. He reminds me of Paul Bunyan. Uh, I'm like, that's that was like a, a Paul Bunyan move. Like that, that's his, that's gotta be his new, like, nickname or, uh, his new vibe. Cause he's just like this big, strapping, lunky dude who just hits mammoth home runs. And he can run too. I mean, he's like a, he's, he's unlike anything we've seen in baseball in a while. I mean, can you remember a player? Like, a good, I mean, there's, you know, Trout's, a good athlete, but he's not a huge guy. He's, well, he's what six one. Yeah, I was going to bring up one that you'll remember. Not too far, not too long ago, removed from him, but Prince Fielder was not like built like Luke Rayleigh. He was obviously a lot more round. 
he was more of a like not to be disrespectful, but, but he's like, chubby. He's chubby. Let's go chubby. He was Let's chubby. Go chubby. He was a bit of a donut. Yeah. He was a bit of a donut out yeah, there. Yeah. But if you recall, when Prince husky. Fielder, like he would have, he would have been in the husky jeans we used yeah. to call them that but I if, had to wear when I was a kid. <laughs> there you go. When Prince Fielder got going on the base paths, that dude could hustle, and he could leg out a triple yeah. if he wanted to. I believe he he legged out a few, and he was a lot bigger than Luke Rayleigh, obviously from a, a wide standpoint. So he comes to mind a little bit, but you know, Aaron they, Judge. Yeah, Aaron Judge can run really well. I mean, Josh Lowe's not as thick as Luke Rayleigh, but he's obviously very tall and lanky, and yeah. obviously he yeah. runs very well as also. So I, I think this is like the big thing that we're seeing with the Rays. And last night, you know, you talk about the aggressiveness on the base paths, and it's been a big reason why they're sitting here right now with 49 wins, best in the MLB, by the way, still. But last night they were aggressive and it didn't really work out. I mean, interesting enough that that Langoliers back there, for all the flack you give the A's for not having a great roster, that guy's thrown out more runners than anybody in Major League Baseball this year. So yeah, it's, I think play. that guy can that guy can play some defense. And you know the fact that he was throwing out Wander, he threw out Randy twice in this series, he threw out Josh Lowe in this yep. series. He kind of controlled. I think that's a big thing of why the Rays have struggled in this series is they haven't been able to really get their base running going. And you could see the difference that it makes. You can really see the difference it makes because these athletic teams like the Rays and have young guys that can run, I think you're seeing that. That's the reason why the Rays, the Orioles, and the Diamondbacks, three of the youngest teams in the league, are the three best teams in the league right now because they have these young guys who are playing advantage to the rules. That's a great point, too. And when you play a team like the A's who's got a great defensive catcher, and they're paying attention, obviously, to the Rays' running game big time. Yeah, that's a that's you know that's a kind of a template that maybe some of these other teams got to look at. But you still have to have a catcher with a cannon for an arm. Right. You still got to have you know uh, pitchers who know how to keep runners close. Um, you know, you're not changing the size of the bases, obviously, because they're you know the new rules. But those are things that you can do to limit the running game. No question about it. And you're right; it has kind of taken a toll. But the, the Rays had what 13 hits last night. Yep, 13. Hits. So you know. Th- yeah, you're gonna. They only got six runs out of it, but you know, 13 hits is 13 hits. You should win that game. Um, so let's hope they get the same thing done today. And no question. But I, I, I like, um, you know, I like the fact that they haven't lost three games in a row. Yep. All year long, they're the only team in baseball that hasn't, and that's because what pitching and defense shows up every single night. And if you're limiting teams to three runs or less. You're going to win most of those games, especially when you got an offense like the Rays does. So that's why, you know, when you're 49 wins, you can project out that this team, I don't see this team going into a prolonged slump because you've got, you know, you've got now Tyler Glass now, you've got McClanahan, you got Eflin, like all three of those guys are, are slump, slump busters, right? <laughs> they're, they're slump busters. They're not going to let you go into a prolonged slump because all those guys can win their starts every single time they go out. So, yeah, that's why they're not going to have prolonged slumps, hopefully. so. Well, that's why I, mean, I keep bringing up the Mets so much because I, I think that's the most fascinating thing is what's going on with the Mets this year and all the right. money they've spent on the pitching. Well, Verlander hadn't been great, and Scherzer looks like he's a little cooked right now. If you saw the other night, I mean, he got three and a third through. Yeah. He gave up six runs to the Yankees. He's not right. The Mets just can't pitch, and that's the thing. You talk about slump busters. Those are supposed to be the two guys there for him. And right now, they're just not performing. In the Rays, it's a completely different uh, story when you look at McClanahan, Glasnow, Eflin, and even Yanni, who, again, they didn't get the win the night before, but Yanni still made it through five innings and did his thing and, and limited runs, which is really all I care about. I don't, I don't necessarily am caught up with 
the way he gets it done. I just want him to get it done, so that's been good to see. And also, shout-out to the bullpen last night because I'm sure every Rays fan saw Glasnow get in a pickle there in the fifth inning, or in the sixth inning, rather, and he only got one out, and he, I think the, 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 he loaded the bases, I want to say, with one out. And here comes Ryan yeah. Thompson back off the injured list, and I'm thinking, okay, well, he wasn't great when he was oh, here God. last time. Sometimes he gets into these modes where I don't know if he knows where the ball's going, and I was getting a little nervous. But Ryan Thompson, I haven't seen him pitch like that in a long, long time. He, fa- he, what, he went in an inning and two-thirds, two strikeouts, no hits. The entire bullpen combined there for the four and two-thirds they had to cover gave up one hit. One hit and no walks and five strikeouts. I mean, job well done to this bullpen, which I think has been coming around lately. The additions of Diekman and Armstrong and Stevenson, who has a wicked slider, and some of these other guys. Poche has been, honestly, I can't, I can't say anything bad about Colin Poche at the moment. He continues to be one no. of the more reliable arms. Adam, another outing last night that was great. And Fairbanks comes off the IL today. So you get your closer back. So the bullpen, all of a sudden, looks like it's fixed itself for the moment. And, you know, Beeks, by the way, see you later. <laughs> Jalen Beeks, sit down to the to AAA. I don't think any, any, any Rays fan is really getting all up in arms over that one. I didn't think the Rays were going to do it, to be honest, but I'm glad they did. And the bullpen is finally looking like they're at full health here. Great bullpen analysis from uh, Nikki Numbers top right shelf there. I love right it. There. Yeah, top shelf stuff. Um you mentioned uh, Stevenson. What, what are you? What are your thoughts on the the yellow cleats, the yellow belt? Um, he's got a little. He's got a little swag going. He fits he, in. He's he making a in. statement out there. He fits in. I mean, yeah. Wander doesn't Wander wear the colorful cleats too, right? Yeah. With some of the color yeah. wristbands. I mean, Acuna with the Braves. He's always done that, and he sticks out like crazy. And a lot of the Reese just have a lot of swag. <laughs> we're they the swag. We're the, we're the swag kings right now. It's such a a difference from the some of the boring teams that we've seen before, like last year's Rays. Yeah. They have so much swag, and even like the way Jose Siri plays center field. I tell you what, and I, Brian Anderson gets so freaked out about this every time, but he, it's almost like he's trying to make everything like you know a flair for the dramatic. You know, it's not to the extent of Kiermaier, I'd add, where he's just unnecessarily jumping. But you notice every time there's a fly ball to Siri, he waits to like the last possible second to put his glove up, and he makes it look so mm-hmm. like kind of like flashy and you're just waiting for the moment where it's going to bite him in the ass a little bit and i think it did once Mm -hmm. maybe a couple weeks ago but hey i I think you would honestly say this i i like guys who have confidence and swag like that to just go and do their thing and how can you argue with the results i mean 49 and 22 kind of speaks for itself yeah um i think kevin cash has a really good you know pulse of the team here and he, you know, he seems to allow them to express themselves until something pops up, and then he'll he'll jump up and, and and make sure it doesn't happen again. But that's fine. It's a fine line between cocky and confident, right? It's yep. a fine line between cocky and confident. So keep it on the confident side, alleviate the cocky side, and they'll be fine. Yep. So yeah, I I look who we got after this. We're Oakland, and then we're um, we're off Padres, to, right? Yeah, we're off to San Diego, which is going to be a beautiful backdrop. I think one of the nicer stadiums mm-hmm. in the MLB. Oh yeah, Petco's awesome for a nice three game set. Three different times, by the way. Friday night you're going to have to do another nine forty one, but seven fifteen on Saturday and four ten on Sunday, uh, and then today. Nice. Today, uh, reminder, we don't have to stay up late tonight. We got 3.30 today with Todd Bradley going back to the hill, coming off his worst start 
uh, facing Paul Blackburn, who I believe was the A's all-star last year. And this is like his third start of the season. He was injured. So this is one of the A's better pitchers. So should be a good one. Hopefully we can get a split. I mean, I didn't think we were thinking we were going to get a split in Oakland. I thought at least three out of four, right? But that's just how baseball goes. We were hoping. Just how baseball goes. Yeah, we were hoping for that. Yeah, it, it, you don't get pissed off at a team that's 49-22 and 22 for losing a couple of games to the A's on the road trip. And by the way, there was no off day. You know, it was straight to the West Coast. You got to, you know, get there and, you know, all the shenanigans going on with the reverse protest and all that stuff. It's just, you and know. And it's hard. I mean, it's listen. Just, it's been a. Yeah, I was going to say, too, in the A's, they put it up last night. 15 of their 19 wins have come against teams that are over 500. So that almost tells right. you that maybe some of these top teams, including the Rays, Maybe they're taking them a little light. I mean, you it's you play it again. They were coming off a series against Texas. It was the series of the yeah. weekend around Major League Baseball, regardless what ESPN wanted to tell you. It was not the Red Sox <laughs> Yankees. I can tell you, it was it was the Rangers and the Rays. And then you go immediately to Oakland and just the weird vibes that were going on, the protests the other night with thirty thousand yeah. people that was unexpected. Um, and then now you go to San Diego, which they're not playing great baseball, but still there's a lot of stars, so you got to take them serious. But guess what? Then they get an off day, and then we're back at home, and they got the Baltimore Orioles coming in. I mean, it goes immediately. It's a little two-game set, so it's going to be pretty quick. But, again, the Orioles, now they lost last night, so the Rays went back up to five up on the Orioles. But that's going to be a big series. I'm curious to see what the Rays can be through the next four games and what it's going to be like when they play the Orioles because the Orioles had their number last time. We faced them, if you remember. So this is a chance for them. I'm sure they're hoping that the Rays slip up here on this West Coast trip and they can cut the gap. I, and I think also, you know, the Rays have typically played down to their competition, right? It right. just And I think somebody, you saw that with the Braves when they played the A's. Brewers, they went and swept the Brewers. So, yeah, look, I mean, teams, when you're playing at the high level that the Rays are and you're playing the Yankees and you're playing the Rangers – you get to Oakland and you, you just, it's human nature. You just tend to exhale, right? A little bit. But they'll go to San Diego. That place is going to be packed. It's going to be uh, stars galore, right? Everybody's going to be out there. And for baseball players, like, you know, for Wander to be playing against Tatis and all these other guys, these big names, Machado, and, um, you know, these are guys that the Rays look up to. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to get the Padres will get their best from the Rays. The Rays will be at their best because it's going to be a supercharged atmosphere, packed house, always packed at Petco, great weather. I love that park. That is probably, you know, top three park for me. Yeah. Um, it's of the modern stadiums. It's probably my favorite because it's got everything. Downtown San Diego, beautiful weather, uh, so many different restaurants there, great sight lines. Got an old style feel to it with the warehouses in left field. It got, that is, I mean, if you want to look at a park that I would like the Rays to emulate, except put a roof on it, it would be Petco. It's got a beach. It's got a little sandbox out in center field for the kids to hang out in. It's got it's got everything. So yeah, that's going to be a great atmosphere. Looking forward to that. But one more with the A's. Split this one today, and then get to San Diego. And by the way, I was reminded, too, I looked at the schedule. On the Saturday game against the, the Padres, the, the one that's at 7.15 our time, 4.15 their time, that game's nationally televised. It's on Fox. Not FS1. Oh, wow. It's on Fox. Wow. The Rays are TBD, oh, cool. right? I, I don't know who's going to be pitching for them. It might be the opener and Yanni for them. But guess who's pitching for the Padres? Who's that? Our boy Blake, Blake? Snell. Our boy Blake Snell. On wow. The you want to talk wow. about a cool little interesting storyline nationally televised against Blake Snell and the Padres. That's going to be a ton of fun. 
on Saturday night there. Blake Snell versus the uh, slapdick prospects. <laughs> Against the slapdick prospects. There you go. That's going to be perfect. Uh, <clears throat> just a comment right here from Richie. I meant to address this yesterday because I saw this interview, but I just had brought up Red Sox-Yankees, and you know I've kind of said I don't feel like it's as big of a rivalry as it used to be. I feel like it's dead. He said, did you see some of the Yankee guys saying the Boston games are not really a rival game anymore? And they feel more wow. heat from the Rays and Blue Jays. I, yeah, I saw that. Nestor Cortez said that. That it's really not that big of a deal right now when they play the Red Sox. It's not. A, it doesn't have that kind of fire to it. Whereas in recent years, you see the games they play against the Rays and against the Blue Jays. It kind of has that feeling to it. And I'm. I guess I was surprised to hear a player kind of openly say that because everybody's trying to sell me that the Red Sox and Yankees is. You know, this great rivalry still. And I watched some of those games because they were all nationally televised. They were easy to watch. And I don't get that feeling anymore. I just don't. Well, listen, I'm sure, you know, as we know, many of the movers and shakers of uh, in baseball watch this show. And I'm sure they, they caught what Nick Geddes said. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Absolutely. You're a trendsetter, Nick Geddes. Well done. Of course. Uh, yeah. No, but your, your, your observation was, was spot on. And, you know, NBC, or, it was interesting. I was watching ESPN last night before the Rays game. Their, um, uh, the game they were playing, trying to remember. I think it was the Yankees. Probably the Yankees. And they said um, that, yeah, that, that rivalry, it drew 2 million fans in terms of the ratings. 2 million fans watched well, then the I'll, Yankees and the Red well, then Sox I'll on shut Sunday up. night. Then I'll just shut up then because it's hard to No, that, but that's not <laughs> – <laughs> no, but that's just, you know, that's a product of ESPN forcing it down your throat and selling Yankees, Red Sox, and all the, you know, the, the clips from, you know, 30 years ago. But you're right, and I think the players are right. It's just not, doesn't have the buzz that it once had because, you know, the Yankees haven't won squat since 2009. Well, I get it. If so you're, if you're a, a casual baseball fan, not the everyday watcher like we are, obviously, and so many others, you're scrolling through your TV on, you know, a Sunday night, which is not typically a, a primetime spot for TV, right? There wasn't much going on. We didn't right. have NBA Finals. We didn't have NHL Finals. And you go past ESPN and you see on the ticker or the guide, Red Sox-Yankees, you're a casual fan. You're like, ooh, I remember those guys. Like, I'm going to tune into that. So it's not surprising right. that they got $2 million. That's a big number for any baseball game, That's especially a regular season. I mean, the World Series doesn't really do much past that to be completely honest with you anymore Not anymore so Not anymore i get it i mean i just think everybody's fatigued out of seeing every game on national tv and cardinals and cubs that's another one that's their go-to for the national league is cardinals cubs and i'm like when are the yeah, last I mean, time like, those two teams have been great at the same time no it's it's so like 1965 i mean let's get with it i mean these there's a lot of new franchises in baseball that are playing great ball and they're much more exciting i mean it's Astros, it's Rays, it's Braves. These are the teams I want to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the Yankees are boring. To me. Please don't show um, me the Mets. Please, I can't, I can't watch no. the Mets anymore. I, I just can't do it. Well, the Mets are kind of like the mess. I mean, they're kind of like watching a train, a train derailment. You know, it's like, uh, it's you can't take your eyes off it. As, as much money as they spend and as bad as they are, I mean, that's kind of hilarious. But yeah, hopefully, you know. The Rays will play themselves into some more national games, but it's good they're going to be on Fox on su- on uh, Saturday, right? Saturday, Dan? Yeah, Saturday or and Sunday. It's going to be the Saturday game, and 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 then the following week too. I looked at the schedule; they have so many great series coming up. They're going to get Arizona the following yeah. week, which is the best team in the NL yeah. right now. They're going to get the Phillies at home. The Braves are going to be at home. One of those games is going to be on Peacock again. 
nationally televised on streaming, so there are going to be some good series coming up. Some opp- that's going to be great to get out the ballpark. I think I'm already penciling Big that. Crowds, yeah. I've, got, I've got to be in there against the Braves. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, let's go. Let's let's go to the Braves game for yep. sure. And that'll take us to the All Star break, and hopefully by then the Rays are have surpassed sixty wins at the All Star break. I think that I think that's wow. there's the potential to get. I mean, we get one today. We're at fifty, if you can believe it. So there's a chance right. for this team God, to get through crazy. the All Star break at sixty. That's insane. That's insane. Hey, all right. Well, let's take a break, and then we'll finish up with uh, some other stuff and a couple other observations from Bucks camp. Yeah, let's do it. Let's take. Here a, we go. Let's take a break. Let's regroup and finish up. Get some other news and notes around the the NFL as well, which continues to to churn out some interesting developments there with Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins and some of these other things. So, back in three. Stay with us here on a Thursday edition of the JP Peterson Show. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to a Thursday edition of the JP Peterson Show. Nick Getty's holding it down here at RHS Studios in St. Petersburg. JP, who was out at Buck's mandatory minicamp today, he's in his car. Are you still in the parking lot over there at One Buck? I still am, yeah. You know, you never know. I might get a quick workout here when I'm done. They haven't thrown you out yet? Do a couple sprints out there. No. Go do a couple sprints out there, you know, work (laughs) out the old, uh, get the cannon going again, you know. So. I get a little inspiration watching Baker run around, throw the ball out there. Oh, I'll give you my best stretch. Let me give you, let me give you this right here. Yeah. Let me give you this. <laughs> Do one of these because tonight I got yeah. softball. I got to get the arm going again. Oh, there we go. There we go. Let's see if we could snap the have losing got, streak. Have you gone yard yet? No, but I think I'm getting closer. <clears throat> Last game I hit one. Where are you guys playing your games? Gadsden Park. Uh, the one down by McDill? Yeah, yeah, uh, right off of Inner Bay. Yeah, with the short porch and left? Yeah, that's the one. With, with the big net? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I last game I hit one I hit one off the wall, and but it was just foul. Like It was probably like a few inches foul on the left field line. I was just mm-hmm. in front of it a little bit, but it hit the wall, so that was close. And then my last at-bat, I tried to see if I could hit one out. And I got under it just enough, and I hit a probably a lazy fly ball to left field. But I think I'm getting closer. But I'm not a power hitter. I'm not a power hitter, admittedly. Do you have any guys on your team that that go yard in that that joint? We have one guy on our team that has gone yard so far, and if that is pretty much the reason why we are zero and four, because all these other teams, I'm telling you, they got like dad strength. A lot of them are older than us, and they it's like this is like yeah. Not not quite your level, but they all got dad strength. 
And, I mean, we've given up probably like 20 home runs, I want to say, in four games. And we've hit three, and they've all come from one guy. So we're just – and we had last week when you weren't here, I said it, we had bases loaded with one out, and we got nothing. We, we just deserve oh it. We, we deserve and softball. How is that even possible? We scored, JP, in seven innings last week, we scored two runs. Two runs. Wow. That, that, you have to this try to pitch, do that. Right? This is slow pitch. We've actually <laughs> given up the second fewest runs in the league, but we've scored the least fewest. And that's why we are 0-4. Well, you know, I'm just saying there may be some free agents out there that could <laughs> add a little pop to your lineup. You Listen, know? I, I'm not gonna. I'm just, there's, I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna say. Saying. I'm not gonna say his name on here, but I'm. I, we do have a liability in the lineup. He's actually struck out twice in slow pitch. Oh my god! And it's like such a. Oh li- my god! It's such a liability. He's actually pitching for us right now because we can't have him play the field. Wow. So I, I trust me, we could use you right there in the four hole. I'm not even gonna lie What's, to you. What what time's game time tonight? Well, we got a seven thirty tonight. They're all, they're different every week. Like next week, we got a we got a ten o'clocker. That one's going to be a late one. Ooh, but wow. today we're right at seven thirty. Yeah. I hate I hate this time by the way because the twilight. This happened last game. We played at eight o'clock. Oh yeah. And I was playing in the outfield, and there was a fly ball hit to me, and the twilight. Something happened. The lights in the twilight. I lost the ball completely. I had no idea where yeah. it was, and it just dropped behind me. Had no idea. Yep. And the same thing happened. I felt a little bit better about it because <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the clip from the Texas. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing. It was Texas in the College World Series in one of the regional yep, games. Yeah. And the game Lost ended the game, yeah. because the, the sky was one of those twilight skies and the lights, and yep. it was a pop-up to center, and nobody knew where the ball was. And that's how they yeah. lost. So when I saw that, I was like, that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, I feel so much better now that I'm not the only one. <laughs> so now people actually believe you now. Yeah, seriously. You lost it in the lights. Yeah. yeah. All right, but if if you need, you know, if you need a little pop in the lineup, uh, it could be available tonight. It could yeah. be available tonight. Yeah, Richie, just have your have your general manager can contact my agent, see if they can work out, you know, a little yeah. deal. We can put uh, you under a fake name, but you know that's okay. That's yeah. okay. That'll work. Six pack of high, <laughs> six pack of high could probably get it done. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, I think if, <laughs> my goodness, Nick's playing his softball games in the trop. It's pretty pretty close to it, Richie. It's pretty close to it, Richie. It's pretty hard. Uh, but no. Hey, by the way, intern Nick just told me, because we actually played the audio the day, I can't confirm, Nicole Jokic is at, is at the parade. He's at parade. Yeah, dude. Jokic just made it to the parade. Huh? What day is parade? What day is parade? I want to go, no, I want oh. to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> I think I saw a story, by the way. I think he like he lost his NBA Finals MVP trophy. Yes. He's actually lost Already? the trophy. Yeah, like I don't think he actually picked it up. No, he, well, he picked it up and put it right back down. He's yes. Like, yeah, whatever. And I think he left yeah. it there or he lost it. Probably intention. I don't know. How do you lo- how do you lose the? Tro- <laughs> Aren't you like counting on somebody picking that up for you and bringing it to the to, the facility or something? I don't. Whatever. I don't know. But the, the all right. What's going? What's going on with? I was. I was thinking. D Hop and Dalvin Cook are free agents right now. Right. Like if this was the NBA, that's like what? Uh, uh, KD and and yeah, Anthony not, Davis or something. Not that high up, but I mean. I mean, just think of an NBA player that's probably... Oh, D-Hop's arguably top five receiver in the game. Dalvin Cook's top three running back in the game. So, I don't know what we're talking about here. Maybe. Both of these guys are are game changers. What do you mean, maybe? What do you mean, maybe? They're game changers. They got some some miles underneath them right now. They got some miles underneath them. Yeah, so does LeBron and K. You know, I don't know. 
whatever. I mean, D-Hop ain't coming here, and I don't think Dalvin Cook's coming here either. Um, it would take some major restructuring the, of, of the, deals. D-Hop's going to New England. I think I saw it yesterday. That, it, it looks like New England's it's the done? Fav- It's not done, but it looks like New England's the favorite. I was hearing some of the insiders say that yesterday after his visit, which went really well. It's just, didn't that kind of end poorly with him and Bill O'Brien in Houston? Did it not? End poorly? Yeah. Like, horrible. Like, horrible. It was bad. I mean, it was, you know, I, I'm not rem- – I just remember the context of it. It seemed very um, – I hate to use this word, but racist. I mean, it just yeah. seemed like the, the what D-Hop said about what Bill O'Brien told him just seemed really, really well, bad. Yeah. but I, I, Very poor choices of words. I will say, very, though, you know, I will say, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously Bill O'Brien's not the head coach in New England, for, obviously – and I think Belichick not yet. Belichick still has that mystique where I think guys do kind of want to play for him, if that makes sense. And I think if you've seen the clips, I'm just saying this in Hopkins' is, is case, because have you seen the clips every time they've played Hopkins over the years? Bill Belichick goes out of his way to go up to DeAndre Hopkins and chat with him for a little bit. And they have those mic'd up things where he tells him all the time, you know, you're the best in the league. You're the best I've seen in a long, long time. Bill Belichick loves DeAndre Hopkins, so I think there's a pretty good rapport there between those two guys, and I know it seems like an odd fit, but wouldn't everybody kind of say that Randy Moss and Bill Belichick was an odd fit? And that one seemed to work out great. So, for whatever reason, I feel like New England to DeAndre Hopkins is going to happen. Well, Belichick and D-Hop, you know, that makes sense, but Belichick and, I mean, uh, D-Hop and Bill O'Brien does not make sense. So, maybe they figured it out. Um, whatever, you know, money talks. So 